Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gen X Temporaneous. After Dark. first episode of an ongoing series that will be exclusive to our Patreon followers, Internet Archaeology. In this series, we will take you back in time to a randomly selected year. We will discuss the events that defined the year, the people who made the news, the culture as it was evolving at the time, and we will excavate a single date, sharing the nuggets of info we uncover. Mark is wearing his pith helmet, and I'm armed with my virtual trowel, so come along with us now as we dig into the year 1906. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hold on a second, Christine LaRusso. I have to climb up out of the excavation pit. Here I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hot down there. Uh, But I have, I think, uncovered a very interesting layer in the year 1906, uh, sometime in February, you know, maybe middle of February towards the end. What is that date? Uh, I narrowed it down based on all the evidence and the fact that this is the number that our random date generator gave us. <laughs> February 19th, 1906. Excellent. Okay, well, we are going to, throughout this episode, we're going to be talking about 1906 in general, and then we will dive in at moments to talk about the nuggets that you, in your own research, have uncovered. 1906 was a common year, starting on Monday of the Gregorian calendar, and a common year starting on a Sunday of the Julian calendar, which surprised me. I didn't know that the Julian calendar would still have been in such use at the time, but it was. Were there some holdout Romans? Even today, the Julian calendar is used in the Orthodox Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church and Oriental Orthodoxy, as well as by the Berbers. It's a really inaccurate calendar. Why? They keep, why would they keep using it? I don't know. Um, and a common year, in case you weren't aware. It's like super basic. Is a year that does not involve like a, a leap year where they had to okay. add in an extra day to kind of get things. Can't they just call it a year? And then realigned. if it's a leap year, specify that? Yeah, I don't know. But they, they call it a, a common year. Okay, so. Was it also a year of our Lord? It, well, it was for Yes, for more people than it is today. Yeah, that's for sure. Exactly right. Um, it was the 906th year of the second millennium, the sixth year of the 20th century in the seventh year of the 1900s decade. People born in 1906 were born into the greatest generation, many of whom yeah. would go on to fight in actually both World War One and World War II. Yeah, they were very warlike. And they also were the ones responsible for the fucking baby boom. Thanks a lot because those people are still holding on with their fingers to I jobs. Know, they just won't, they just won't, yeah. they won't move on. Fuck. What I'd like to do with this Internet archaeology, which yes. is something that uh, you and I have discussed, is, is raise a lot of dust. Is to situate people so that they have a feel for what it would be like to live in that day and age. Terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> There's a lot of interest in that time period, uh, kind of still the Edwardian time period. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Downton Abbey is set later. It starts a little bit later in 1912, but it is set in that time frame. And yeah. So, um, a lot which of people. Why I will not watch it. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, I hate that kind of crap. Oh, my God. Okay, but anyway, people Victorian, in general, Edwardian, Regency, all that. I hate all that crap. Wow, you're so 
bitter and you just don't I really like am i don't like uncomfortable clothing I'll oh tell you my that. god well okay for sure it, it wouldn't have been particularly comfortable time to dress no a lot of wool a lot of yeah. high collars a lot of starch corseting uh Ugh, i would never corset myself. it was well women had to uh, yes. yeah. a lot of hats though oh yeah which i think is fantastic i wish we wore more hats today your pith helmet by the way <laughs> well it's, it's outstanding on isn't it? point yes so in 1906 it was a world still lit mostly by fire. Well, isn't that poetic? I love that imagery. Although Thomas Edison helped to form the Edison Electric Illuminating Company of New York in 1882, most American homes were still lit with gaslight oh. and candles. Right. By 1925, for example, so a little bit later than 1906, obviously, only half of the homes in U.S. had electric power. And in 1906, less than 2% of U.S. homes were electrified. Oh, that's more like what I thought. So let me give you a little bit of an idea. A 60-watt light bulb. So you know what that's like. Because I like really bright light. I, mean, I like 100 light. Yeah, I love look 100. To your, look to your left. Right. Okay, that's so about 60 watts. 60 watts of light would have taken 100 candles to provide the same amount of light. Um. In 1897, the gas mantle was adapted to burn downwards. Previous to that, it burned upwards so that it, all the light went to the ceiling and not yeah. to where you needed it. And by 1897, they hadn't heard of mirrors. Right, by 1897, they'd figured out how to get the mantle to burn downwards, yeah. and that made things a lot more pleasant for people. After hours and hours of painstaking restoration, <laughs> I think I've put together <laughs> the front page of... A Brooklyn newspaper dated February 19th, 1906. The paper is the Brooklyn Daily Eagle. Ooh. I mean, this is a wealth of information about the time. Well, pro you know, what's interesting is that newspapers, as a historian, because I usually study the Middle Ages, I don't have access to newspapers, but it, modern historians can use newspapers to great effect. Uh, you have to also keep in mind the bias of the people writing the papers that they're right. writing the articles because the maybe these articles are written by anti-gas lobbyists that could be like maybe thomas edison thomas paid edison. paid for some i mean it sounds like something he would do he's kind of a shithead <laughs> so like, maybe thomas edison planted these stories but on one day one paper on the front page there are three separate stories about people dying from breathing in gas first one edward anderson a mere 50 years old oh was found dead from gas asphyxiation in his room at 24 Borum Place this morning. His landlady noticed the odor of gas and got Benjamin Johnson, another boarder, to force his way into the room. It is believed that death was by accident. What I learned when I was researching gaslight is yeah. that most people in their homes would have gaslight in like the living areas, the common areas, but for their bedrooms, they would revert to like uh, oil this lamps a very or fancy candles. boarding house but the, so this is a boarding house which means that th that his whole room which is where he entirely lived in his yes. boarding house was lit by gas that's interesting Correct. now mary johnstone huh? 76 years of age which oh. you know she'd actually outlived her usefulness at that point oh I think, mark who lived at 525 west 43rd street manhattan and who was accidentally overcome by gas last friday died today at Roosevelt Hospital. Oh, so it was a little bit earlier. She lingered, but yep. then... And then, then died. Th and then, then From died. gas. From gas, okay. Uh, and then the last one, which I'm sure was not the last person to die by gas in New York, but at least the last one that made the front page today, James Monroe, 
55 years old, of 121 West 21st Street, Manhattan, was found dead in his room there this afternoon, asphyxiated by illuminating gas. He was lying on his bed, fully dressed. Oh, so you know what the difference there is? He killed himself. He killed himself. <laughs> but um, so but that's that's, in, that's actually an interesting nugget. I think so too. They didn't say he killed himself. No. But is he taking nappies in his in his uh, Edwardian suit? I think not. So that's really interesting. It's much easier, obviously, to uh, to kill yourself by gas, I guess. In, oh, yeah. In the, when in, you have your entire house wired for or plumbed for gas. Right. right. I mean, you just turn off the pilot light and wait for shit to go south. Wow. OK. When I think about being back in time and because and, I would love to do it, I'd love Ugh. to be able to time travel. You're the only one. I think a lot about what places would look like and how things would smell and sound and all of that. And one of the things is uh, like decor. So 1906 is a an interesting shifting point because they're going from like the heavy kind of really ornate Victorian That's style. kind of what I'm picturing, right? So many houses would still have that. So on their gas lamps, they would have ornate Victorian style shades. But in this time frame, there's a shift happening and that's more towards a crafts, arts and crafts style so that it's going to kind of get like sleeker and less fussy really? than the Victorian style. So there's a shift that's happening. It hasn't, it's starting. I bet that shift didn't happen in that boarding house yet. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. No. All right. So the world in 19... 1906 would have still been relatively quiet. So I think about this a lot too. What would it sound like? If you're away from a city, it's pretty quiet. It would be, it would be quiet, but even in a house, like in a house, I mean, cities are one thing, but, but in like a regular house, here we have the sound of yeah, air because the TVs were really quiet back then. <laughs> we, we, there is none of that, but there's a lot of ambient noise that we just accept. But yeah. have you ever been to a house in the country where there is no air conditioning? It's it's a lot different. It's a lot. Yeah, quieter. I left immediately. Oh, Mark. All right. So conditioning is awesome. It would be so the world would have been relatively quiet compared to what it was today. Different noises. Yeah. I mean, there would have still been city sounds and things. But, right, because you have to leave your windows open or you'll die. Or horribly. you'll die. Right. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, of heat. Of heat. Yeah. It would be a very different kind of sound. So right now, what you're hearing is the sound of San Francisco in 1906. So you're hearing... Where did you find this recording? You gave it to me. That's right. Yes. Excavated from this gigantic pit. What you're hearing is a mixture of automobiles... Yes. And Auga. And you know, streetcars and then also horse still horse drawn. In 1906, there are 85 million people around about living in the United States. Okay. Of those 85 million people, only 105,000 well, almost 106,000 have registered cars. And they were all in that San Francisco street <laughs> Probably. movie. But they, and so there's very few cars yeah. that exist. And there are only about 2,200, well, there are 2,200 trucks that are registered. Now, those trucks would be potentially for private use, but more likely for... Agricultural. Uh, right, agricultural or industrial. Or, or industrial. Still, the world is relying heavily on horse-drawn and train for longer long hauls right in 1906 henry ford is starting to see his dream of an affordable car for the everyday person kind of come into fruition that year the model n was ford's conception of a runabout all efficiency with zero frills or fussings the model n was introduced as a successor to the models a and c and it was its most inexpensive vehicle costing five hundred dollars at the time, the average adult male made 
between 12 and $15 a week. So at $15 a week salary. $780. So that is their yearly salary. Yeah. So obviously most people, even though his, his dream to supply people with a car is coming closer. He's not there yet. He's not quite there yet. Only so the Richie Riches can have the automobile. Can afford automobiles in 1906. The uh, Incidentally, the only color you could get that car in, maroon. I mean, that's a step up. It used to be, you know, you can have any color you want except black. I mean, as long as it's black, right? So that's a big, big innovation. Correct. And the add-ons for that car included things like headlights and tails lights. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, it was just a stripped-down vehicle. Yeah, it's vehicle. like, oh, you want an engine? Mm, it's going to be an extra 100 So you're not really driving around a lot at night. If you watch that video of that, of that San Francisco street, it's a very famous video because it's only, you know, a few months before... The great earthquake, right? Right. And they just attach a camera to the front of a car, so you see it bouncing up and down and see how shitty their streets are. But you also notice how blissfully unaware of traffic pedestrians are. Yeah. They're just like wandering through the street. You know, they don't, they're in the middle of the street. They just stand there. One guy's just standing there watching the car come towards him. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's fine. All right, I guess I'll lumber off. You it's know. crazy. We'll put the link to that in the episode notes. Yeah. But. As dangerous as cars were, mm-hmm. you know what most people died from in the streets? No. Street cars. Street cars. Street cars were slaughtering people left and right. Oh, my God. This is an article on uh, KQED where they're talking about how cars really changed you know, how we interact with the city. Mm-hmm. Because now we're all trained to walk along buildings on sidewalks, cross it, you know, mm-hmm. more or less, cross it, crosswalks. Mm-hmm. Then they just wandered from place to place. Straightest line, you know, was the right trip. It's like, oh, I have to go to the haberdasher. It's right over there diagonal. I'll just wander straight across the street, (laughs) right? And unfortunately, uh, that killed a lot of people with streetcars. In the year of the Great Earthquake, which is 1906, 1906. we'll talk about later, I'm sure, there were frequent collisions involving motor cars. Just seven people were reported killed by motor vehicles. Hi, everyone. You've been listening to a sample of one of our Patreon episodes. We have about five or six episodes currently available on that Patreon. Our Patreon is $5 a month, and for that, you will receive three additional episodes with exclusive to Patreon content. We do episodes like Video Thunderdome, where we pit 1980s videos up against one another to determine which is the better video based on our totally random and arbitrary Beavis and Butthead rating system. We do extended conversations on topics that we wanted to discuss in more depth from regular episodes. So, for instance, we currently have an episode about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard on our Patreon. And we also do Internet Archaeologists, which is the episode you heard here. Our regular Gen X Temporaneous podcast will continue as it is, ad-free. But if you do wish to have more content, we will be offering the Patreon at $5 a month. So please come and find us there if you're interested. Patreon.com forward slash Gen X Temporaneous. Thank you for coming and listening to us each week. We really do appreciate it. And if you can't support us on Patreon, we absolutely understand. Bye!